Welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show from radio's golden age. Happy New Year! Let's celebrate with two comedy shows about a New Year's tradition that goes back to the 1890s, the Rose Bowl Parade. First, we have Jack Benny welcoming a new year by going to the parade. Then, as it is now, the traffic makes it difficult. The Jack Benny Program, Rose Parade, first broadcast January 2nd, 1955 on CBS. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike, the cigarette that's toasted to taste better. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste, yet it's the toasted cigarette. This is Don Wilson, friends. Dorothy Collins, the sweetheart of Lucky Strike, just gave you the key to deep-down smoking enjoyment. Better taste. And that's where a Lucky really clicks. A Lucky tastes better because, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, light, naturally good-tasting tobacco. And then that tobacco is toasted. It's toasted, the famous Lucky Strike process, brings a Lucky's fine tobacco to its peak of flavor tones up a Lucky's naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So pick up a carton of better-tasting Lucky Strike. I know you'll be happy if you go Lucky. Hey, hold it! Hold it, Bob! Hold it! Hold it! Hold it! Well, what is it, Jack? Bob, it's almost airtime. Can't you do something about the orchestra? Well, what's wrong with them? Nobody gooped. What's wrong with them? Look at Bagby's playing the piano lying down. <laughs> Gridwell is blowing confetti through his clarinet. <laughs> and look at Sammy, the drummer, weaving around up there. If he doesn't fall off that stand before the show's over, I'll eat my hat. Well, gosh, Jack, you didn't expect the boys to come in sober this soon after New Year's Eve, did you? Bob... I don't expect them to come in sober after Groundhog Day. (laughs) But this is ridiculous. Look at them. We're starting a new year, Bob, and I want you to tell them those new rules we discussed. Now? Yeah, give them those new rules right now. Well, okay. Tell them. Look, attention, fellas, attention. Look, we're starting a new year, and we'll all get along a lot better if... I knew, I knew he'd fall off. (laughs) Help Sammy up, will you, boys? (laughs) Now, go ahead with the rules, Bob. Okay, Jack, look. Now, fellas, look. I'm sure that you all want to know just exactly where we stand, so listen carefully, will you? Now, rule number one. During the coming year, you will all be required to attend each and every rehearsal. And no excuse will be accepted unless it is signed by either your doctor or your warden. <laughs> that's telling them. Rule number two. From now on, when I lift my baton, that's the signal for you to start playing, not drinking. <laughs> I knew that one would go over big. <laughs> now, look, guys, before we go on the air, I know that you want to show Jack just exactly how good your faith is. So, if any of you happen to be in possession of a bottle of spirits, I would like you to throw it in this wastebasket. All right, now, let's get started. Remley dropped his in. Who's next? <laughs> now, how about... Hey, Jack, come on, will you? Come on. Don, let go of my arm. But we're going on the air in just a few minutes. So we're going on the air. What are you so excited about? You've been jumpy all afternoon. Oh, it's that diet my doctor gave me. 
I'm not allowed to eat candy, cake, pie, potatoes. Can't eat anything I like, and it's making a nervous wreck out of me. Gee, that's awful. When'd you go on this diet? I start tomorrow. <laughs> well, Don, if it bothers you so much before you're even started, maybe you better forget about it. I can. I made a New Year's resolution to lose 100 pounds this year. How much? 100 pounds. Don... Don, I've known you for 23 years, and the only time 100 pounds ever left your body was when you had your tonsils removed. <laughs> Remember, they weighed 50 pounds each? <laughs> oh, yeah, as soon as I came to, I had to get off the table so the doctor could lie down. Yeah. Well, one minute till airtime, Jack. Okay, where are the scripts, Don? I haven't got them. Well, where are they? We're going on the air. Now, look, relax, Jack. Here comes the clerk from the mimeograph department. He's got them. Well, it's about time. Say, fella, why are you always bringing in the scripts at the last minute? Because I'm busy! I'm busy! <laughs> busy! But you had plenty of time. Plenty of time, he says. It's not that easy. I gotta type this script, make the stencil, ink the machine, put the paper in the, and turn the handle. I have to do everything myself. There, there's no organization. Now, nothing is organized. <laughs> Take it easy, will you? Everything is a rush job. First they come with Amos and Andy's script, then our Mrs. Brooke, and then meet Millie, and, and then your lousy script. <laughs> what? And, and, and then Big Crosby. I told you there's no organization. Look, I'm going on the air in a minute, and I can't be bothered with your problems, so go already. I'm going, I'm going. Goodbye. Goodbye. Everybody hollers at me. Before Christmas, they're all such angels. You know, sometimes I oh, think... Jack, we should be on the air now. We're five seconds late. Well, we can't be. The producer's supposed to give me the signal. Where is he? Why isn't he in the booth? There's no organization! <laughs> well, there he comes now, Jack. Okay, hit it, Bob. Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, although New Year's Eve is behind us, the strains of Should Old Acquaintance Be Forgot linger on. So right now I'd like to bring you one of the oldest acquaintances I know, and here he is, Jack Benny! Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, ordinarily, I'd get back at you for that corny introduction, but we're starting a new year, so I'm going to forgive and forget. You are? Yep, I'm wiping the slate clean, and I'm going to start by paying up all my old debts. Oh, Bob. Yeah? Bob, here's that quarter I borrowed from you last June when we ate at the drugstore. You remember that. Oh, yeah, thanks. Now, how about that ten bucks that I won from you on the Rose Bowl game yesterday? Well, that's this year, so you'll have to wait until 1956. <laughs> Jack Benny, that's no, one of the No, no, cheap... Bob, we're not going to have any bickering this year. The people are tired of insults, name-calling, and all that rowdy old half-comedy. From now on, we're going to do only sophisticated humor. We're going to have swabs. <laughs> all right, let them lay there. <laughs> I was saying we're going to do suave, sophisticated, <laughs> smart comedy. Gee, I'm sure going to miss Dennis. No, no, I already discussed this with Dennis, and he promised to be a completely different person this year. Yeah, but Jack, do you think that Dennis can really change? Well, he said he would, and after the talk I gave him, I think he will. I know if he puts well, his... Well, hello, everybody. Oh, hello, kid. We were just talking about you. How are you, Dennis? Dennis, how are you? 
Dennis, I'm talking to you. No, you're not. Then who am I talking to? Julius. What? I told you I'd be a different person this year. <laughs> oh, so you changed your name to Julius, huh? Yeah, that's my last name. Your last name is Julius? What's your first name? Orange. Cut <laughs> that out! Julius. Imagine naming yourself after a drink. Oh, I was going to call myself Lipton Tea, but I didn't know what the tea stood for. <laughs> Stop it, will you? Here it is, the first show of the new year. Right away, you got to aggravate me. I don't know why I even talk to you. Now, let's just have your song. Sorry, Julius doesn't sing. What? But he does bird calls. He's the Australian wood wobbler. <laughs> I don't care what he does. Just sing. Orange Julius, some sophisticated show I'm running. Le scarpine per ballare, ballare, balleremmo tutto il dì. Le scarpine per ballare, ballare, balleremmo ancora così. In the shoemaker shop, this refrain would never stop. They'd tap away, working all the day. At his bench there was he, just as busy as a bee. Little time to lose with his boots and shoes. But his heart went pop inside the little shop when a lovely girl set him all a whirl. She had come to choose some pretty dancing shoes, and he heard her say in a charming way, Shoes to set my feet a-dancing, dancing, dancing, dancing all the day. Shoes to set my feet a-dancing, dancing, dancing all my cares away. Then he tapped and he stitched, for his fingers were bewitched, and he sewed a dream into every seam. Making shoes oh so neat, just like magic on her feet, and he hoped she'd know that he loved her so. But she danced, 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 and though she were entranced like a spinning top all around the shop. On her dainty feet, she whirled into the street, and he heard her say as she danced away. Scarpina per ballare, ballare, balleremmo tutti il dì. Lei, scarpina per ballare, ballare, balleremmo ancora così. Shoes to set my feet a dancing, dancing, dancing. The Little Shoemaker, and very good, too, Julius. You can call me Orange. <laughs> Look, kid, let's just forget about that. I was wrong to expect you to be any different. A person just doesn't change overnight. Well, my father did. He did? Yeah, he woke up this morning, and he was a new man. You should have seen him. He went up to my mother, and he said, First, you're going to make my breakfast, then you're going to wash the floor, and after that, you're going to iron all my clothes, and when you're through with that, you're going to shine my shoes. Well, it's about time your father asserted himself. I'd like to go over and congratulate him. Well, it's not far. He's at Cedars of Lebanon. <laughs> well, Dennis, wish him a happy New Year for me, will you? Now, let's get on with the... Say, Jack, I tried to get you all New Year's Day. Where were you? Oh, I was at the Tournament of Roses parade in Pasadena. It was a beautiful sight. Uh, did you go alone? No, I had my date with me from New Year's Eve, and Rochester drove us down there. Gee, didn't you have to wake up awfully early to get to Pasadena in time? Oh, it wasn't so bad, Don. Now, let me tell you about it. I set the alarm for 3.30 a.m. At a quarter of four, we picked up my date. By four o'clock, we were on our way. Gee, the fog really rolls in at this hour of the morning. <laughs> I can't see more than 20 feet in front of me. Really, Gertrude? See, I can see that street light at the end of the block. Rochester, what can you see? Nothing, my eyes are still closed. 
Well, open them. You're driving. And don't look so crabby. Boss, at four in the morning, even Liberace ain't smiling. <laughs> four in the morning, big deal. Where's your vitality? Gertrude and I were out celebrating last night, and here we are, wide awake and full of pep. Yeah, and we're older. Speak for yourself, John. Cut him. Whose idea was it to call it a night at 10.30? The joint was just starting to jump. Well, what's the difference? While I was there, I was the life of the party, wasn't I? Some life. <laughs> well, what's so funny? You tried to look so debonair drinking hot chocolate out of my slipper. <laughs> I only did that for a gag. Anyway, you'll have to admit that I showed you a swell time at that nightclub. Well, I had you out on that dance floor every minute. Anything to keep me from eating. <laughs> you ate, sister, and how you ate. I suppose that T-bone steak was a mirage. The last time I saw anyone wrestle meat that way, he had a branding iron. <laughs> Very funny. I was never so embarrassed in all my life. Everyone was looking at us. They weren't looking at me. They were looking at you in that old tuxedo. Old tuxedo? Your pants were so tight you had to wear your garters on the outside. <laughs> hmm. I suppose you're going to pout all day because I told you off. I'm not going to pout. See, the fog is lifting. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. Hey, Rochester, maybe you ought to put down the top, huh? Oh, boss, let's not put the top down. Why not? There's so much trouble taking down the center pole and pulling out the pegs. <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot. This is the new one I bought at the Army Surplus Store. Yeah, the flap still says, Field Headquarters, General Ridgeway. Yeah. How far are we from Pasadena? About ten miles. Oh, we'll be there in no time. Well, here we are in Pasadena. Only took us an hour and a half. That's pretty good time. You're darn right, considering we had a change of tire. Yeah. What can I wash this grease off my hands? Let's wipe it on this rag. Say, the way the traffic is getting thicker, we must be getting... Rochester, why are you stopping? There's an officer at the intersection. He isn't letting anyone through. Say, that's Colorado Boulevard. That's the one the parade comes down. Gee, she's right. Hey, look, here comes a flow. Where, where, where? Right over there. It's the official tournament of roses flow. And look at the four drum majors riding on it. Yeah, I think they're going to sing. When you hear that drum and you will know we're coming and the lucky strikes are on parade. There's never a slip and we never trip. So perfect are we made. You can hear that beat coming down the street. You want to get in step with lucky strike. Yes, lucky strike is toasted. It's the one cigarette you like. So round and firm and fully packed And just as mild as it can be Be happy and go lucky strike And smoke an Ellison a tea And when you hear that old American Every Tom and Dick and Harry can light a lucky And start popping it Nothing beats a lucky strike Clean through and through Much pressure too So clear the way It's lucky day L S M F T L Rochester, we better hurry and find a place to park. I can't back up, boss. There's 50 cars lined up behind us. 
Gee, we can't go forward either. Well, we're not staying here, are we? No, this is ridiculous. I'm going to talk to that officer. Maybe he'll let us go through. I'll be right back. That certainly is crowded. I've never seen such a mob. Really have to fight your way through here. Say, hey, pardon me, Mister. <laughs> Did, did you see my wife? Your wife? Yeah, I can't find her anywhere. I've looked all over her and I can't find her. Oh, that's a shame. But we've been married for 20 years. We, we got along so nice. And we never even had a fight. I, I just got to find her. Oh, I'm sure you'll find her. How long has she been missing? 19 years. <laughs> Nineteen years, and you're still looking? I just started. <laughs> well, so long, buddy. So long. Chloe! Ah, it's too bad. Some people really have their troubles. Now, where's that policeman? Oh, there he is. Say, officer. Officer. What can I do for... Why, it's you, Mr. Benny. Why, Mr. Kitzel. <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, what are you doing in a policeman's uniform? Arresting people. What else? <laughs> but this is such a surprise. I mean, did you give up your other work? No, this is in addition. Every year for this parade, I am a deputy. Oh, I see. Do you like it? It's very pleasant. <laughs> Especially when my brother-in-law comes by. Last year, did I give him a ticket? You really got him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got him. I wrote him up for speeding, making a U-turn, loose brakes, a defective horn, and faulty headlights. Hey, that, that must have cost him plenty. Mm, it would have, but unfortunately, I couldn't make it stick. Why not? He was walking. <laughs> oh, well, Mr. Kitzel, that's my car over there. How about letting me cross the street? I really shouldn't. But for a friend, I can do a favor. Then you mean I can drive through? Yes, but you've got to hurry. It's between floats. Okay, and thanks a lot, Mr. Kitson. I'll see you later. Happy New Year. It's a day late, but I'll accept it. <laughs> Come on, Rochester. Rochester, he's letting us through. Okay. Um, make it snappy so we can get across. Rochester, what happened? The motor died. But we're in the middle of Colorado Boulevard. And here come the floats. Oh, my goodness. Listen, Rochester, step on the starter. I'm stepping, I'm stepping. Good, you got it started. No, I didn't. Then how come we're moving? A float is pushing us. <laughs> what? Smile, boss, smile. We're in the parade. Quiet and stop blowing kisses. Oh, fine. We had to get with one of the, the loudest band yet. Say, we must be going under a tree. A bird's nest just fell in my lap. That's mine. It blew off. <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever... Hey, the float stopped. Quick, Rochester, do something. I'll try. It's not funny. Go ahead, Rochester. Step on the starter again. Just a second. I'm connecting this loose wire. Okay. 
Say, Mommy. What is it? What kind of car is that? I don't know. It must be a foreign make. Madam, it's not a foreign make. This is an American car. Not so loud. I want my boy to be proud of his country. <laughs> <laughs> Look, madam. Now, come on, Whitney. We've got to go. Mommy, I think you made him mad. He threw a bird's nest at us. <laughs> my, what a strange way for General Ridgway to act. <laughs> Rochester, there must be something you can do. Hang on, here we go again. Oh, for Pete's sake. Happy New Year, everybody. Gee, I haven't had this much fun since I got caught in a revolving door with Errol Flynn. Why do these things always happen to me? I just wanted to see the parade. I didn't want to be in it. You might as well relax and enjoy yourself. We've got three hours to go. Maybe you're right. Rochester, sit up straight and put your hands on the wheel. What for? If we're going through with this, at least let everyone think that we're pulling the float. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our greatest national hazards is fire. Fire that destroys millions of dollars worth of property and takes thousands of lives each year. Don't let your home be a fire trap. Make certain all electrical appliances are in order. Don't smoke in bed. Be careful with inflammables. Don't give fire a place to start. Thank you. Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, let's take a listen to the Lucky Strike toasting song again. If you want better drink from your favorite, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste, yet it's the toasted, toasted cigarette. They take fine tobacco, it's light tobacco, it's mild tobacco too, and it's toasted, yes, it's toasted. That's the Lucky Strike story set to music. The facts are all there. A Lucky is the cigarette of fine tobacco. LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco. And then, that fine tobacco is toasted to taste better. It's Toasted is the famous Lucky Strike process that brings a Lucky's fine tobacco to its peak of flavor. The process that tones up a Lucky's naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So, friends, smoke the cigarette of fine tobacco that's toasted to taste better. Be happy. Go Lucky. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of my sponsor and my entire staff, I want to wish all of you a happy new year. Of course, everybody will be a year older, but not me. <laughs> Good night, folks. The Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer. John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Hal Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Filter smokers, here's the true tobacco taste you've been looking for. Filter tip Tyrton gives you all the full, rich flavor of Tyrton's famous quality tobacco. And real filtration, too. Filter tip Tyrton incorporates activated charcoal, renowned for its unusual powers of selective filtration and used far and wide to purify the air we breathe, the water and beverages we drink. Look for the red, white, and blue stripes on the package. They identify Filter Tip Tariton, the best in filtered smoking. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes.
You're listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web with your host, Justine Ward. Next, we have the Alan Young Comedy Show. Alan is trying to preserve the top-secret plans for the Rose Parade float, sponsored by the city of Van Nuys. That's the area of Los Angeles where both me and my father, Gene Ward, the founder of the Old Time Radio Hour, both live. The Alan Young Show, Rose Parade Float, first broadcast December 27th, 1946, on NBC. Bristol Myers, makers of Ipana for the trial of beauty and Minute Rub, the modern chest rub, bring you the Alan Young Show. Well, it's Friday night. And once again, we take it to the little white cottage in Van Nuys, California, where we find the star of our show, the young man who is young today and young forever, Alan Young. <laughs> well, Christmas has come and gone, and we find Alan Young engaged in the great American pastime. He's at the bookshop, exchanging a Christmas present. Uh, pardon me, miss, but I'd like to exchange a book that I received for Christmas. I'd be glad to help you. What's the name of your book? <laughs> yeah. Well, I received this book by mistake. It was meant for somebody else, so I'd like to exchange it. Uh, yes. Yes, of course. But what's the title? Well, I can't see what difference that makes. Can't you just put it back on the shelf? I've got to know the title. What's the name of your book? Whatever young girls should know. <laughs> I'll be glad to exchange it. Uh, you didn't read it, did you? Read it? <laughs> Whatever young girl should... <laughs> of course I didn't read it. <laughs> if a fellow stops the car and says he's out of gas, what's the proper answer? Open that door, I'm walking home. Oh! <laughs> I did peek at a few of the pages, yes. two or three hundred. Well, what book do you want to exchange it for? Whatever young man should know. You read what every young girl should know, and now you want what every young man should know? I want to get the questions to go with those answers. <laughs> oh, well, let's see now. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm all out of what every young man should know. So I see. <laughs> Mystery story. Hmm? How about something in the Friendly Fiend series? The Friendly Fiend series? Yes, it comes in three volumes. Uh, the DA trails the Friendly Fiend, uh, the DA catches up with the Friendly Fiend, and goodbye, DA. <laughs> Maybe I ought to get a detective book. Hey, how about this book here? It looks interesting. You too can be a criminologist. Deduction and reasoning made easy. Written by Clarence Club, brother of Sam Spade. <laughs> That's the best book on crime detection we have. Gee, I always wanted to own a book on crime. When I finish this book, I can become a detective, a great detective. And after that, district attorney. That's me, Mr. District Attorney. Oh, for heaven's sake. Quiet, Paddington. <laughs> I'm sorry, miss. Yes, I'll take this book. Zero. Zero. Uh, yeah, this new book I brought home is the most fascinating thing I ever read. Every page is full of startling revelations. Every chapter is full of action and suspense. Alan, you're reading Forever Amber. Yeah. <laughs> it's a book on criminology. Criminal what? Criminology. This book explains why some men grew up to become arch-criminals. Oh. You know what an arch-criminal is? A guy that robs shoe stores? <laughs> Show you how the book works. Oh. I can tell what people are thinking by their expressions. Okay. You look, look out of that window. Yeah. Take that fellow on the sidewalk with a frown on his face. Yeah. I can unravel that. Take that cop standing by the fence with a worried expression. I can unravel that. How about that dame with the sweater? <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> really, 
pretty amazing. You're from small clues. You learn important facts. Gee, you're really sold on this stuff, huh, Alan? Oh, sure. Take that shirt you're wearing, for instance. Yeah? Just by looking at the shirt, I'll tell you what I can deduce. <clears throat> Frayed collar. Second button missing. Torn pocket. Zero. The owner of that shirt is untidy, sloppy, and messy. Alan, it's your shirt. <laughs> Of course, these starched cuffs do indicate a sparkling personality. <laughs> Good thing to have a book like this, Stuart. Never know when you need it. Someday we'll be alone in a house like this. Everything will be quiet like this. And suddenly, we'll hear a shot. <laughs> like that. I mean, Stuart, that was a shot. Oh, Alan, it was just a flat tire. Somebody had a blowout in front of our house. I'll look out of the window and see. Oh, you're right, dear. It's Mr. Waverly's car. You know the fellow who owns the gift shop down the street? Yeah. Hey, look, Alan. He's come up our steps. Oh, good. I like to talk to Mr. Waverly. Such an agreeable fellow. You're coming. Hello, Alan. Hello, dear old. you, Mr. Waverly. Hello, Mr. Waverly. You just had a flat, didn't you? Yes, yes, indeed. And I thought I'd come in to use your phone, Alan. I want to call up my wife to tell her I'll be late. Go right ahead, Mr. Waverly. Greatest little woman in the world, my yeah. wife. Yeah. Don't know what I'd do without her. We're inseparable. I've never seen you together. Can't stand the sight of her. <laughs> Well, you certainly seem to be excited. Oh, yes, Alan, yes, indeed. I've got the secret plans for the Flo Van Eyes' entry in the Tournament of Roses. You have the plans, Mr. Waverly? That's right. I'm chairman of the float committee. I hope the Van Nuys float wins first prize this year. Cadmus, Alan, Cadmus. It's a prettier float than last year's. And last year's float was really terrific. We had the most beautiful girl in America. The most gorgeous blonde that ever lived. I didn't think she was so nice. Lassie looks better. <laughs> Well, what kind of a float is Van Nuys building? Oh, I can't tell you, Alan, can't tell you. The plans were a big secret. That's why they trusted them to me. I'm quiet as a clam. Keep a secret for years. Never say a word to anybody. I've known you to talk a bit. Biggest blabbermouth in town. <laughs> to tell the truth, Alan, I'm afraid to hold on to them myself. You are? Yeah. I'm going to pick out the smartest man in Van Nuys to keep these plans until we start building. Mr. Weaver, that's, that's right where you're wrong. According to my book on crime, the best kind of secret agent is a dumb-looking fella. You should leave your plans with a dopey-looking drip. Alan, take good care of them. <laughs> well, you mean you're going to let me hold the secret plan for the Van Nuys float? Yes, Alan. And guard them with your life. The honor of Van Nuys is at stake. Don't worry about the plans. Goodbye, Alan. Goodbye, Mr. Waverly. Zero. Zero? Yeah, Alan. Zero. In this sealed envelope are the secret plans for the Van Nuys float. No kidding. That's right, Zero. Boy, I'm glad I read that book on crime. I can outwit any crook now. That up, boy, Alan. The whistler and bulldog drumming of your middle name. That's me. Alan <whistles> Young. <laughs> Will you play a little memory game with me right now? Will you try to think of the food you've eaten in the past 24 hours? Breakfast, luncheons, dinners. What kind of food did you eat? Well, I'll bet you anything that most of that food was the soft, creamy kind. Because most of the food we eat is that way. But delicious though they may be, soft, creamy foods don't give our gums the exercise they need to help keep them firm and healthy. That's why so many dentists recommend Ipana toothpaste and gum massage. A national survey shows that seven out of ten dentists recommend gum massage. Not only that, but dentists themselves prefer Ipana toothpaste two to one over any other dentifrice for their own personal use. You see, Ipana is designed not only to clean your teeth, but with gentle massage to aid in the health of your gums. And it's firm, healthy gums, you know, which are so important to sound bright teeth. A more sparkling smile. So try this. Brush your teeth with Ipana. And every time you do, put a little extra Ipan on your fingertip and gently massage it on your gums. Try that, friends, for your sparkling smile. Ipana toothpaste and gum massage. Well, Alan Young has been entrusted with the envelope containing the secret plans of the Van Nuys float. Alan is very determined that no one shall steal the plans left with him for safekeeping. 
Zero? Yeah. Just finished reading the chapter in my criminology book on hiding secret documents. So what, huh? Zero, I want you to go out of the room while I hide this envelope with the secret plans. I'll call you back so you didn't find it. Oh, okay, huh? Okay. Uh, let's see. I'll hide the envelope in the desk. Ah, first place he'd look. Under the rug. Now you'll see the bulge. I know. I'll hide it inside the spring of this armchair on the left side of the fireplace. <laughs> All right, Zero, come on in. Okay. Well, where is it? Inside the spring of the armchair on the left side of the fireplace. <laughs> That's amazing. But, Zero, could you tell by the rearrangement of the furniture or by the displacement of dust particles? Oh, by peeking through the keyhole. <laughs> you don't understand the importance of this. The Tournament of Roses is the most important affair of the year. Uh-huh. Certainly. See, each city enters a float which represents the thing they're famous for. Oh. Miss Pasadena's dressed in roses. Miss Pomona has her clothes made out of grapefruits. I bet Miss Los Angeles is plenty worried about her costume. Miss Los Angeles? If the wind shifts, she'll lose her fog. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to know what kind of float Van Nuys intends to build. Well, look, Alan, why don't you peek inside the envelope? Oh, I couldn't do a thing like it. Here comes filthy Rich Updike. I wonder what he came here to brag about tonight. I'd better take the plans in the other room, Alan. Alan, I'm here. I'm here. Come gaze at man's answer to Queen for a day. <laughs> Hubert, you look pretty happy tonight. Well, I am, Alan. I'm just crazy about the holiday season. Uh, I've been drinking one Thomas and Gerald after another. Thomas and Gerald, yeah. You sound like you're anxious to celebrate the new year. Oh, yes, 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 yes. In a few days, it'll be 1946. Yeah. No, no, Hubert, you're a little mixed up. It'll... In 1947. 1946 is just ending. Oh, no. A dear old dad liked it so much, he's having a continuum. <laughs> glad to see you in such good spirits, Hubert. Well, Alan, you see, I'm chairman of the committee to pick out the float for Beverly Hills in the uh, Tournament of Raws. <laughs> tournament of Raws. That's the red flower. Something like a carnation. <laughs> How's your float coming along, Hubert? Oh, bully. Just plain bully. Uh, We're sure to win first prize. Oh, is that so? Yes, yes. You see, it's the biggest float that's ever been entered. 33 miles long and 26 miles wide. Wow. What are you going to have on that Beverly Hills float? Beverly Hills. (laughs) Hubert, you know, Van Nuys is entering a sensational float this year. Alan, Van Nuys won't have a chance. Right on top of the Beverly Hills float will be the most gorgeous creature in America, dressed in a bathing suit. Ah, with a bare midriff? If it's not too chilly, I'll wear one. <laughs> Hubert, are you going to have oranges on your float again this year? Oh, yes, 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 yes oranges. Yes. We'll have plenty of oranges, and every one of them will be stamped Admiral Halsey. Admiral Halsey? Hubert, you mean you'll be stamped Sunkissed? No, Alan, these are naval oranges. <laughs> I still think Van Nuys, Van Nuys is going to win first prize. What did you say? <laughs> I said Van Nuys is going to have a nicer float than Beverly Hills. Oh, Mother, get out the Hershey bar. This boy is nuts tonight. <laughs> you can laugh if you want to, Hubert, but I happen to be pretty familiar with the plans for the Van Nuys float. Oh, is that so? Well, that's a mink of another color. I must get my hand on those plans. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, Alan, uh, do you think I could take a look? No, Hubert, there's nothing you can do. Van Nuys is going to win. Alan, you mustn't win. Why, if you beat me, I'll commit suicide. That's what I'll do. I'll commit suicide. I'll climb up to the top of my tallest butler and jump off. Hubert, <laughs> you'll get no sympathy from me. You can't see those plans. Well, very well, Alan. I can't get them. I'll send someone who can. Aura wow wow. Aura wow. Hubert is always so sure of winning everything. Hey, Zero. Hey, uh, yeah. Zero, I think we better be careful. Hubert is after those plans. See, yes? Yeah, you can't trust him. He's a regular Benedict Arnold. Oh, that's that fat actor, huh? <laughs> well, I'm glad 
I got this book on crime. Tells you just what to do in a case like this. Draw up a fake set of plans. That'll fool Hubert. Well, look, Alan, you don't know nothing about design and a float. I don't have to know anything. Just a fake set of plans. I can make anything. See, I'll draw a picture of the Van Nuys City Hall with a cow standing in front of it. Oh. The whole thing will be made out of the dandelions. That's ridiculous. How can you get a bunch of dandelions to look like a cow? Let five of the stems hang down. <laughs> I drew the whole thing. Now I'll stick it in this envelope and put it in my pocket. Hey, jump to think of it, Alan. That's a pretty good idea. If anybody steals it, they just got a silly picture. Look, look what I wrote on the envelope. Secret plans for the Van Nuys float. Hey, I better make sure the real plans are safe. Okay, dear. I'll get the door, fella. Yes? I'm looking for Alan Young. Is that you all? <laughs> Is that you all? What can I do for you, miss? Well, I was selected as Miss Van Nuys. You were? Uh-huh, honey child. The judges want me to represent Van Nuys in the Tournament of Roses. They told me I was mellow Rooney. <laughs> Rooney never had anything as mellow as that. <laughs> seeing you around Van Nuys. Oh, I haven't been here long, honey child. I live most of my life in Lexington, Kentucky, the tobacco country. Well, no wonder Effie Boone can't talk straight. <laughs> Listen, sugar pie, seeing as how I'm Miss Van Nuys, couldn't I get just a teensy-weensy look at those little old secret plans for the little old float? Well, how'd you know I have a little old secret plan for a little old float, huh? <laughs> Well, I just knew they'd entrust them to you. You're so handsome and charming and clever. <laughs> oh, I am so. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I can't show these plans to anyone. But, Sugarfoot. Why, Sugarfoot, I'm the gal who's going right on top of your float, and I want to check and see if my costume's appropriate. Oh, well, what are you planning to wear? Well, I'm wearing a strap this evening gown. It's cut low in the front and cut low in the back. It has a ruffle in the front and a ruffle in back. In fact, I look just about the same from both sides. <laughs> Sounds lovely, Miss Studebaker. How do you... <laughs> here in this envelope in my pocket, but I don't think... Oh, it's... I could just hug you. Now, look. Step up closer, sugar, and get granulated. <laughs> Where'd you say the plans were? Well, they're in my right-hand pocket, but no, 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 no. Don't hug me so tight. No. <laughs> You're bending my New Year's resolution. <laughs> well, I won't know you any longer, sugar. I gotta be going now. Goodbye, you all. I hope I've been of some assistance. You certainly have. So long, sucker. So long, sucker. <laughs> so Hubert thinks he put something over on me, huh? I'm too smart for him. That spy of his just stole the envelope, but she's got the wrong plan. <laughs> Silly drawing, drawing of a cow standing in front of City Hall. Now what? Coming. Ah, Mr. Waverly again. Hello, Alan. Just came back from the board meeting. You did? Yes, had a wonderful meeting. Decided to start work on the float at once, so I came by for the plan. That's great, Mr. Waverly. They acted on my suggestion. They always do what I say. My word is law around there. I am known as the big boss, the kingpin, the iron hand. I didn't know you were so important. They call me Stinky. <laughs> But I hope you kept the plan safe, Alan. Ah, I certainly did. I even protected him from a spy. I palmed off a phony drawing on him. Oh, that's fine, Alan. Fine. But, Mr. Waverly, I've been dying of curiosity. Could you tell me what the secret plans for the float are? Oh, I guess I can trust you, Alan. We decided to show how the city government of Van Nuys incorporates the spirit of good citizenship with agricultural institutions. And what did you put on the float? A cow standing in front of City Hall. What an idea, cow! What's wrong, Alan? Nothing, Mr. Waverly. Everything is just fine.
Jimmy. Wallington speaking. Hello, Mr. Wallington. Uh, this is Hubert Upside. I'd like you and your wife to be my guest at the Terminal of Roses uh, parade. Well, that's nice of you, Hubert. Thanks. My Beverly Hills float is going to win first prize, you know. Well, my wife has a cold, Hubert, and she won't be able to come. A cold? Oh, yes. We ordinary people sometimes catch cold. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, don't you ever catch cold germs, Hubert? Why, certainly not. Germs don't come near an updike. Why not? They wouldn't dare. <laughs> oh, now, Hubert, nobody is above catching cold. But most anybody, yes, friends, most anybody can get fast relief from cold discomforts with Minute Rub, the modern chest rub that really brings comforting relief from cold misery. And fast. All you do is rub Minute Rub on the throat, chest, and back. In a minute, Minute Rub's soothing menthol vapors begin to clear up that stuffy feeling in the nose and throat. In a minute, Minute Rub starts to bring a feeling of warmth and relief to those tight, sore, aching muscles. And listen, here at last is a chest rub that's greaseless and stainless. Disappears like vanishing cream and won't stain clothes or bed linen. So whenever you've got a cold, get a tube of Minute Rub and get quick relief from your cold discomfort the modern way. The greaseless, stainless, Minute Rub way. Young's phony designs for the Van Nuys float turned out to be duplicates of the actual plans. Unless Alan can get them back before Hubert Updike makes use of them, Van Nuys will lose to Beverly Hills in the Tournament of Roses. We now find Alan and his pal Zero approaching Hubert's estate. Zero, I just got to get those plans back from Hubert. Well, here we are at the Updike mansion, Alan. Hubert's estate, all right. Nobody else had a place like this. Oh, what a big joint. Yeah, look at that sign over there. This is the property of Hubert Updike III. Main entrance, Beverly Hills. Servant's entrance, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Zero, let's go around the back through the driveway here. Okay, Alan. Watch out, Zero. The chauffeur is driving one of Hubert's cars out. Gee, it's one of them big, long cars of Hubert's. Yeah, Zero, stand back. Don't let that thump bumper hit you. Look out, Zero. Hey. Stop worrying. This front bumper is two blocks away. Here, what happened? His back bumper got me. <laughs> Didn't hurt me, though, Alan. Oh, good. Hey, come on. Let's sneak in one of them windows. Okay, i got to get those plans here. Here, Alan. I'll boost you up. All right. Oh. Uh, okay, I'm up here, Zero. I'll give you a hand. Right, Alan. Here, Alan. Okay, I'm in. Shh, shh, shh. Look where we are. In Hubert's bedroom. How do you know it's Hubert's bedroom? Look at that picture, Whistler's mother. She's rocking on a safe deposit box, knitting dollar bills. <laughs> Where's Hubert? Oh, he's over in there in bed. He's asleep. Oh, yeah. Hey, Alan. Look at him. He ain't breathing. I know, Zero. He says the air here isn't good enough for him. <laughs> well, Alan, if he don't breathe... How does he get air in his lungs? Keeps the butler under the bed with a bicycle pump. Well, <laughs> uh, you believe all that junky Belgian... Shh, quiet, you. Listen to Hubert. He's talking in his sleep. Walnuts. Reba. Hattie. Ingrid. May I kiss a lobe of your ear? Hey, Alan, what's she doing now? Probably counting sheep jumping over fences. What's up? What's up? Somebody's in my room. Hey, Hubert, you're counting sheep jumping over fences? Heavens no, Buick's jumping over cardalocks. <laughs> but what are you two doing in my dad room? Dad room? But you sent over a spy to steal the plans for the Van Nuys float, didn't you? Well, I'm not talking, Alan. What do you think I am, a stool peacock? Never mind. <laughs> I'll make you talk, Hubert. I'll get the truth about those plans. Zero, give me your belt. Uh, it's me belt, Alan. Thanks. Hubert, I'm going to hit you with this belt till you talk. I won't talk. I won't, I won't, I won't. <laughs> yes, you will, Hubert. Zero, pull up your pants. Oh. 
Now, Hubert, you're going to talk. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'll confess. All right, now, start talking. <laughs> well, I, I hired the girl, Alan. I wanted to make sure my Beverly Hills float would win first prize. She's supposed to drop the plans off this evening. That must be the girl now. I've got to get those plans from her. Well, Alan, so Hubert can't spoil things, why don't we tie him up and put him in a class? Great idea. Here, help me tie him with this rope. I'll just take this one end, twist it around his feet, other end around his arms, once around his waist, and over his shoulders. There. Oh, Mother, I've been gift-wrapped. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Alan. We'd better hurry. She's at Hubert's front door now. How will I get the plans away from her? She'll recognize me. Well, look, Alan. We'll turn out the lights and just make believe that you're Hubert up there. In the dark, she'll never recognize you. Great idea, Zero. She's right outside. Turn out the lights. Okay. Come in. Well, I got the plans, Mr. Updike. Oh, it's so dark, I can't... Are, are you in here, Mr. Updike? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you got the plans? <laughs> but I'm in the bathroom. But just a minute. It's so dark, I can hardly see you. Well, that can't be helped. Something has gone wrong with the Updike generator. You have your own electric plant here? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a plant in the right wing and a plant in the left wing. This is the only house with two pairs of plants. <laughs> oh, that was a witty one. Yeah. <laughs> you, certainly... you certainly do sound happy. Well, I am. Oh, Mother, get out the pogo stick. I'm jumping for joy tonight. <laughs> well, I have the plans, Miss Updike. Where's the money we agreed on? Oh, yeah, the money. Well, I don't have ready cars with me. I bought a new Cadillac this evening. Didn't you buy a new Cadillac this morning? Uh, but it ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you're good for the money, so here's the envelope. No, bully. Just plain bully. Well, goodbye, Mr. Updike. Just a minute, Miss Van Nuys. What? Zero, turn on the lights. Well, you're not you, but I've got you, Alan Young. Yeah, I mean, yes. Well, she put one over on me, didn't she? Well, I didn't realize you were so smart, Miss Young. I'm plenty smart. And I got the plans for the Van Nuys float right in my hand. You mean you have one of the copies? Yeah, I got one of the copies. <laughs> I also sold the plans to Azusa, Tarzana, Encino, Fresno, Cucamonga, and Redondo Beach. So long, sucker. Uh-huh. Oh, Alan, you and your book on crime. Now every one of them floats, floats in the parade is going to have a cow on it. They are? Yeah, there'll be 134 cows. Gee, I better call the weatherman. What for? Starting January 1st, there'll be nothing but old buttermilk skies. <laughs> Alan Young will be back in just a moment. Say, mister, better take a look at your hair. Everyone else does. Better see if it's neat, well-groomed. Better rely on Vitalis in the famous 60-second workout. Get these three important advantages. One, Vitalis keeps even the driest, most unruly hair under control in a natural, masculine way. Two, the Vitalis workout loosens your tight scalp, prevents dryness. Three, the Vitalis workout routes embarrassing loose dandruff. Helps retard excessive falling hair. Yes, to look your best tomorrow, get a bottle of Vitalis tonight. And now, here again is Alan Young. Thanks, Jimmy. Friends, on behalf of our whole company, I want to wish you one and all a very happy New Year. While you're all having a lot of fun New Year's Eve, let's think of the disabled veteran in 1947. Help give him the two things he asks for and deserves. A home... And a job. Thanks a lot. See you next week. Good night. Happy New Year. This is James Wallington to ask you to remember the two fine products that bring you the Alan Young Show. Ipana for the smile of beauty. And Minute Rub, the modern chest rub. Alan Young can now be seen in the 20th Century Fox picture, Margie. The Alan Young Radio Show is written by Al Schwartz and Sherwood Schwartz. 
The part of Hubert Updike is played by Jim Backer. And Zero by Charlie Cantor. The music is by George Weil and his orchestra. You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for now.